Hey everybody, it's Joe Trippy, and welcome back to That Trippy Show. We've got another primary this weekend, folks. We probably know Trump's going to win it, but some numbers, I think, show he's even weaker than is being reported. You know, I've felt that all along. Alex, I don't know about you, but it's starting to look like MAGA's Biden impeachment attempt gasp. Uh, it was no. even flimsier than we thought. Flimsier than we thought? Flimsier than we thought. And after a couple of guest episodes, we've gotten some really good listener questions. Uh, I want to make sure we hit those today. Before we get into it, first of all, the feedback we've gotten so far on Bill Carter's episode talking about Kiss the Future has been incredible. Many of our listeners have watched and written in saying how amazing the experience was when they actually went to the movie after hearing that podcast that we dropped on Tuesday. It is out for wider release now, so go check it out. We'll put it in the show notes. And if you haven't listened to that podcast that we dropped on Tuesday with Bill Carter about Kiss the Future, it's powerful. It really hits the spot. And uh, again, the movie is worth seeing. Alex, where should we get started? I think we got to go to South Carolina, Joe, a state you and I know very well. But uh, Nikki Haley's home state primary this weekend. We can get into what we think is going to happen. But uh, ahead of South Carolina, the uh, January fundraising numbers for the presidential candidates came out. And uh, Trump, the presumptive nominee, former president that's worth billions and billions of dollars, got outraised by Nikki Haley, which I need to read that to myself a couple more times to believe it. But but here we are. Joe, what does it all mean? It's like, look, well, we've talked about this. And, you know, Simon Rosenberg brought this up, too. There, there's now a hard money problem developing in the Republican Party because they've, they've sort of become so dependent of billionaire oligarchs, you know, who, who fund the, the dark money and, and the super PACs that they're, you know, the traditional... You know, even the $25 people and the, you know, and the maxed out folks, $3,300 in a campaign under the FEC rules, they haven't really developed that or they've sucked in so many of them into paying for Trump's legal bills that it's actually those two things combined, you know, sort of the, the dependence on the billionaires to fund things. And at the same time, I think people... Or the money's just drying up for Trump. I mean, so you look, he only raised $13.8 million and he spent more than he raised. And, you know, we won't even get into how much has been siphoned off for the legal bills that we just, you know, been uh, talking it's a, about. It's not a majority, but it's the single biggest expense. Yeah. And anyway, yeah. uh, and, and so you look at that and then you see that Nikki Haley outraised him by $3 million. And, you know, look, they can complain. They can say, "Oh, that was Democrat, you know, party from Democrat, money from Democrats, uh, whatever." Not, I mean, I'm sure some of it is, but a hell of a lot of it is, you know, Republican business money and others that want, you know, that 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 have decided they don't want Trump. And by the way, Trump's not getting that money. In fact, uh, I think it was Tim Scott who said after the New Hampshire primary that they now hoped that maybe that that sort of um, the Republican money that was sitting on the sidelines would would that they've been waiting for. They wanted it. It hasn't didn't come in Iowa. Didn't come after New Hampshire, and it's not coming now. So 
Look, they're going to have a problem in November. Uh, you know, Biden, by the way, is is kind of breaking records. Forty two million in January. I think he's. Yeah, yeah it, we'll get to that. The one, the one thing, and I, I don't want to read too far. I, I think you're right in terms of it. It is showing just another crack. But you know, if you've got fourteen million and you're up thirty points on the person that has seventeen million, I feel pretty good that that three million ain't gonna flip a, a state this quickly, especially if you're Trump and the electorate is as set in stone for him as it looks to be. But if you're the presumptive nominee and you are not able to command a significant amount of your party's big money, you are in serious, serious trouble. Yeah, but not yeah, you're absolutely right. But the other part of that is, you know, Nikki Haley's raising more than him. The more she stays in the race, look at all the money he's had to spend in Iowa, New Hampshire, and now South Carolina, and he'll have to spend in, on Super Tuesday, even if she's running on fumes. Uh, he still has a primary challenge. He's not spent hoarding and spent to spend money in a general election against Joe right. Biden. He's actually depleting. He's yeah. depleting it for two reasons, because he's in this, because the primaries are going longer than he thought. The money's not coming in as fast as they wanted. And the money that is coming in is being diverted to pay for his legal fees. And that's just going to increase as well. So, no, by any stretch, you know, we can get into the Biden numbers, but it's like, you know, Biden raised this much this quarter. Uh, you know, Trump raised that much this quarter. That's all fine. Biden is actually banking it or using it, you, you know, to on on the, the, the NATO ads and other, you know, other ads that are working right now to do damage to Trump or, or to make the case, to make the contrast, while Trump is spending his money on legal bills and in a fight, you know, to call Nikki Haley's husband out and other things that he's doing. Uh, you know, he does that, you know, in his talks, but he's also spending that kind of money uh, just attacking the living daylights out of her in South Carolina right now because he wants, you know, the thing still gets to, okay, and I've said this, if Joe Biden had somebody who was still in the race against him right now and went into South Carolina and was only beating that person 60 to 35, the National Press Corps would be would be declaring, you know, that he's dead man walking. I mean, they, they do it anyway. But I'm saying if we if, 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 if there was any if Dean Phillips, anybody was 35 percent in, in, in a primary in primary South coming, Carolina. By the way. Yeah, yeah, but no, but my point is, yeah, he's no, that's what I'm saying. He's like under three points. That's my point is, this is just, you know, get into it, but this is what, why I say he's weaker than, than people realize. I mean, his money's not there. And when you look at it, the fact that she, you know, that she's I, even at 35% in South Carolina is a problem for him. It shows he's a weak front runner. He's a weak nominee. And a lot of those people, again, remember in Iowa, New Hampshire, and I'm sure in South Carolina, we'll see, we'll be telling the exit pollsters that when they voted for her, many of them decided that they won't be voting for Trump in the general. Remember in, I think one of those states, it was like 57% of her vote saying that they would not, they would not be considering Trump in November. Now, maybe they'll stay home, but he needs them all. So I, I want to get to South Carolina more in general, but I do want to just point out overall cash on hand right now, 
the two committees that are Trump or Trump aligned have 36.6 million on hand. Joe Biden's at 132. And they raised, yeah, and he raised 42. 42 million in just this 42 million in this month. He raised more this month than, than, than Trump has on hand in two committees. Well, I mean, that, that and like I said, Trump's, well, you know, he's spending it right now in South Carolina, some of that. Uh, and he'll probably have to spend some of it in on Super Tuesday, even, you know, because I don't see there's no signs that Nikki Haley intends to get it get out just because, you know, he wallops her in South Carolina, particularly if the money's still coming in. That Trippy Show will always be free with support from our advertisers, and we try to work with partners we believe in. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. When you keep what's stressing you bottled up, it can really start to drag you down. That's where therapy can help. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapist anytime. Make your brain your friend with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com trippy today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash trippy. Support for That Trippy Show comes from Odoo. What is Odoo? Well, Odoo is the only software your business will ever need. Featuring a suite of integrated business applications, Odoo connects your business operations together so you get more done in less time. Odoo has apps for everything. CRM, accounting, sales, HR, inventory, marketing, manufacturing, you name it. Odoo's got it. To learn more, visit odoo.com slash trippy. That's O-D-O-O dot com slash trippy. Right. Well, and uh, this happened in between uh, our last guest episode and or since we last had a chance to talk about the race. Uh, the state of New York handed Trump something like 355 more million. Wow. 355 million more reasons to worry. Those big donors are essentially, not essentially, they are just paying his legal bills at this point. Well, there, it, I, it, 355 million that that won't just be legal bills. <laughs> it's going to be right. Well, it's going to take whole buildings, or maybe one of the billionaires will just write him a three fifty five. I don't know. Maybe, maybe the Saudis. I mean, they they get it to him through Kushner, who then, you know, I, I don't know. But uh, he's he doesn't have that that cash, so right. he's going to have to well, get it from somewhere. And it, so this is one of my favorite hypothetical questions in a long time from a listener, and it's from Dana in Long Beach. If Trump stopped spending money right now, would he still win the primary? Like zero dollars, like literally stop spending money right now. Would he still win the Republican primary? Sure. Absolutely. I mean, look, the reason he's spending this money, I think, is because they know how bad it could be. In other words, what I mean is, okay, there's a difference between 62, 35, and like, let's say 57, 43, right? And that's what he's spending. He's spending the money to make sure that it never got there. Because if South Carolina on, on Saturday, if it's something like 57, 43, 56, 44, that I think even the national press would start to say, Hey, he's weak. There's something going on here, uh, and so they've basically been Joe flooding the Sorry. zone. Yeah, 
Yeah, that's right. <laughs> exactly. Right. But what I'm saying is, uh, so he's spending gobs of money to build as big a margin as he possibly can. That's what the money advantage is doing for him. But if he didn't spend anything, I mean, to answer uh, Dana's question, if he, if, if he didn't spend anything, then the odds are that, that those numbers would, would creep a little closer and too, too close for comfort in terms of how it could, you know, how it could expose the bigger problem that I'm sure his, his own people know is there. And so, you know, one, uh, there's sort of two pieces of this. Look, Trump, unlike any other candidate, because of, of how the press covers every freaking outrageous thing he says with, with sort of a treating him like a mainstream candidate in their coverage and how they report it, he can't, and his ability to, to, to just drive that agenda, doesn't need any money to make his case. And with his hold within the Republican Party, he probably doesn't need any money to win the Republican nomination. On the other hand, his whole theory of being is his invincibility and how he has a godlike hold over the Republican Party. And so he needs money to keep that facade up. And that's what they've been doing. But he also needs money, uh, you know, to, to raise money for his legal bills. And what he's what they spend most of their time doing is saying, please send me money to help my campaign. And then they, they then they figure a way to get get to use it to pay the legal bills. So it's not clear how much of this money is actually being spent on anything other than campaign ads attacking Nikki Haley viciously and her husband viciously and legal bills. Well, and to take our listeners into a campaign, basically any campaign other than Trump's, when you're going and like you're sending a staffer out to go do something, whether it's film something or do advance or whatever, generally speaking, you are doing it as cheaply as humanly possible. It's like, okay, do you have to pay for a rental car? Can you borrow one? Can you sleep at a friend's house? Like, no, you're not expensing your meals. Like literally just list. It it strikes me that the Trump campaign is not ever going to be able to be that kind of lean, mean machine that, that most campaigns are. They're, they are going to be spending $600 on hotel rooms and crazy flights. Oh, and, I think more yeah, than that. True. More than that. Yeah, true. that's who they right. are. It, yeah, th- there, there's no one doing that there. You, the only, I, I think the, the basic, there's only two reasons anybody works for them, right? The, yeah, the, the money, money right? and, yeah, you know, and they, geez, maybe I could be a, an aide to a dictator and that'd be cool. You know, I mean, that's it. I want to say that, that, Melania's hairdresser was paid like two hundred and something thousand from the campaign since since yeah. start. It's like so you're wondering why everyone's with it. So yeah, in answer Dana to her question, I bet well, that's some why no would... one wants to give him any money. I mean, if it, that's what I mean, they, you know who who wants to pay for the hairdresser or the lawyer? You know, I mean, it, it you know now now look, I think that's worked. On you know his, his, the the MAGA uh, um, you, you know base you know who you know buy the hats give twenty five dollars but yeah and, you know the yeah the gold sneakers um, you know I just he, I think they're getting to a point where they can't that that on its own can't sustain the kind of campaign they run the kind of legal expenses he has any of that 
And so that's why always they've been living off of that, but they've always wanted the big, the big, big Republican money to wade in. And to date, I mean, you don't raise 13.8 million if you're the, I mean, you're the former president of the United States. I mean, I remember, you know, Bill Clinton broke the all-time record for a Democrat, you know, in a quarter. And he did it not in his first campaign. He did it running against Bob Dole in his re-election campaign. The next time that was broken was in the, the campaign I ran, the Dean campaign. And, you know, we were, you know, a, a, an insurgent candidacy. And we, we broke you know, the record of we, uh, of that Clinton had sent. And here you've got the same kind of weird thing where the former president of the United States, Trump, is like hitting an abysmal amount of money. And Nikki Haley, the insurgent, you know, in the, you know, the challenger in this thing right now, just outraised him. I mean, I think that's definitely the first time that's ever happened since Trump's come to, came down that, that escalator. And yet, of course, it's, that's a problem for Joe Biden somehow. <laughs> That's how the headline in the New York Times will be, I'm sure. Joe, not that I wasn't listening completely raptly to what you were just saying, but I did go on the Trump sneaker website while you were talking and I found out for what it's worth, they are selling Victory 47 cologne as well. The sneakers are sold out, but you can actually buy Trump cologne, which is absolutely, it comes in a decanter that has his head on it. Yeah, but here's the weird thing about all this stuff, right? Okay, so yes, you're supposedly making a a, a campaign contribution, correct? Or am I wrong about no, that? No, no, this is this is not affiliated with any political campaign, according to their right. And ergo, who is the manufacturer? You know, what's who's the middleman? <laughs> right. You know, you, you get fifty. And it's not right. It's not his campaign, by the way. Whoever the sneaker company in China is, is going to get their their five dollars and eighty nine cents for the for the gold sneakers. But somebody's pocketing the other, and it's the. It, it, I'm sure it'd be interesting, but I'm sure it's a it's a great business opportunity for somebody who needs to pay his legal bills. Well, it was an entertaining browse. I would not encourage anyone to go to the website. Yeah, well, yeah, while you were while I was talking, you were okay, I got it. Got it. It just tells me something. All right, Joe, got another great listener question for you. This is from Stephen in Florida, relevant for this week. Uh, Joe, make a prediction. Who's at the front of the GOP veep stakes right now? Trump mentioned he'd quote make a big play for New York, unquote, but that's all bullshit, right? And Stephen, your words not mine, but I happen to co-sign them. I've got my money on Stefanik. No chance it's Haley. Joe, what do you think? I'd put my money on Stefanik too. I mean, she definitely She's wants trying. it. She's trying hard. But I'm not sure Trump, you know, he's he's going to go for somebody like Gnome from South, you know, South Dakota. I just think he, he you know, he's he's drawn to, you know, to, to somebody he finds hot. And I'm not sure he'll, he, you know, that's not fair, you know, it's not fair, but that's how he, that's how he, he, he makes decisions. So, um, I, 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 but I still think in the end, Stefanik may be the choice he goes with. Um, there's no chance it's Haley, you, you know, uh, uh, Stephen's right about that. Um, you know, that's what he said. And I, I agree with you, Stephen. Uh, there's no, no, no chance at all. One, I don't think it, it look, I think there's a lot of, 
speculation, hey, what's he really going to do, you know, when this all doesn't work out? And, you know, I don't think she'll leave the Republican Party. You know, people think, oh, maybe she could run as a third independent. I don't think she'll do that because I think most of the polling will show that she can't she can't win a three way, that she doesn't take take enough votes away from either Trump or Biden. And therefore, it's a suicide mission. And all she has done is literally burn the ships. Uh, She's Cortez burning the ships with no way back to her to her party if she does that. And I don't think that's how she thinks. She she'll probably, you know, bow out uh, later on here, not run with him because I think she realizes that would be a uh, a disaster long term. Well, at this for her point, career. she's got her eye on twenty eight too. Right. That's what I no. That's what I'm saying. I think she'll she'll bow out nicely, stay you know a Republican, and uh, and be in try to be in position in twenty twenty eight. It, I don't think she thinks the way to be in position in 2028 would be to be Donald Trump's VP nominee. Does she and get even endorse it? In this November. Well, that's what that's going to be the interesting thing. I think it'll be some halfway hazy. It won't like a be, Ted Cruz situation. Well, he's he's all yeah, in, no, but no, he, he went after yeah, his no, wife. No, it won't be all yeah. in. Yeah, no, it won't be. It'll just, it'll be, you, you know, it, it's a t- tough and difficult choice, but... He's he's much better than, you know, the president we have or some crap like that. It's like she'll answer it the way they all answer is Joe Biden president of the United right. States. Of course he's president. It <sighs> was he duly elected. I said he's president. <laughs> you know, they'll do yeah. that. She'll do that kind of thing. Okay. Here's one from Stan. This is actually an international question. So this is from Stan in Poland. And I think I know why he's asking this. He asks, why is the Western media almost universally insisting that Alexei Navalny, quote, died in prison, unquote? They just need to come out and say it. Putin murdered him. This was no Markov on the Waterloo Bridge, but it was murder just as much. Absolutely. You know, first of all, watch Navalny's uh, video. The courage he had, he knew it was he was going to die. He recorded that video knowing he was going to die. But his point was, you're not allowed to give up, uh, which is, again, the one thing, you know, I keep seeing like the New York Times headline, get off this for a second, but the New York Times headline that said uh, uh, progressives are exhausted by the, you know, by, by Trump and, and, and are giving up bullshit. First of all, that story's bullshit. But yeah, you know, Navalny had it. Autocrats count on exhausting their opposition. They count on it. It's how democracy dies. That is why it can happen here. And you can't give up. And I think, you know, but Navalny knew that in speaking out, he was, you know, going to be murdered. He knew he was going to die. And that's why I think it's a, it's very important that the press make that clear. But of course, it's, it's, uh, it's just not going to happen. I mean, par- part of it is the normalcy bias. They still, there's still, I think the press corps and, and a, a hell, far too many Americans are still in the, it can't happen here mode. I have some news for them. Um, I really liked Reed Substack. Yeah. We can link to it. Yeah, it was great. We could put link to that in our show notes for sure. His point was, okay, the, the don't give up or then you're not allowed to give up. His point was not, do not take inspiration from that more like it's an admonishment, right? Like 
don't be wishy-washy yeah. about what you have here. And I think that the money line Reed had was now is the time for all of us to ask whether or not we have the talent or the money or the experience in this fight. The question we must ask ourselves is if we have the will to pursue it to its end, which your point, Joe, they they really count yeah. on our exhaustion and now is definitely not the time to be exhausted. Yeah, that, that's what I mean. This is, this is a guy who, who knew he was expending his life to really challenge authority, you know, and here we don't have to do that. We just need to all be in, all in to save American democracy right now. Not we don't, no one's going to has to die uh, to do that. We have to use our experience, use our talents, and every ounce of our energy to do what you can. Whether it's you know knocking on doors, whether it's uh, giving money, whether it's I mean just about anything. And it means to stop being wishy washy about Biden and get moving. You know, and this, these are all things that Reed was preaching, you know, uh, and, you know, and he said, if you think you've done all you can or should in this fight, you're wrong. <laughs> He's right. If you think you sacrificed all you have for American democracy, you haven't. I haven't. Alex hasn't. If, if, if you, uh, you know, being offended by a troll or a bot is too much for you. I respectfully ask that you read the myriad stories about what Alexei Navalny represented and what he endured. Mean tweets don't make the list. And that, that I really, I mean, you know, I think this piece by Reed is just a, a you know, we, I, maybe I'm guilty of this too. I say this is a must read or this is a must listen podcast. To be fair, there's a lot of good ones, but this one is pretty good. But this one is pretty good. You really should. We'll put it in the show notes. People should should try to you know, take time to read it. I do want to just take a moment. It's actually pretty inspiring, too. Yeah. I do want to just take a moment, Joe. Uh, you mentioned at, at the top, but while we are talking about the R word, it is the other thing that happened this week. Yeah, the, the informant. The informant. Yes. Turns out he was lying the whole time and uh, is un yeah. under investigation for lying and to the, the FBI. And the Republicans knew he Republicans was lying. Republicans knew. Uh, <laughs> Whether or not yeah. James Comer is ever going to be able to hold another job again, I think he probably will. I don't think he's going anywhere. But the other one I he wanted to get to, to resign. he's not going to resign. He has no shame. But the one that got me, Joe, the informant had contacts with Russian intelligence. Yeah. No, I mean, this is the whole thing. He, all the, the garbage that he was spewing. You know, and, and he was still, still trying to introduce more lies now. I mean, that's, you know, it, it was... It's not that the whole that they kept saying, you know, very, you know, very important informant uh, has provided, you know, real evidence. Uh, and in fact, they were saying that this was the smoking gun. The most important piece of evidence they had was from was this informant. And all of it was just crap and, and an out and out lie that had been fed to him by Russia intelligence. And, and now it, it turns out that, you know, the way he, I mean, he basically was doing the same thing now. I mean, like in real time in this election. So, yeah, there's a bunch of Republicans, Jim Jordan, Comer, all running around saying it doesn't matter. <laughs> the facts are still the facts. I look, there's some of the journalists have actually really pushed hard on this, you know, you know, what do you mean? The facts are still the facts. They're not facts, they're lies. And so, you know, that we, but, but look, they still claim that they're going to go on with impeachment. 
even though they, they everything has fallen apart on them, they were everything that fell apart. They said, "Not to worry, we have this informant. That's the most important thing." And now they don't have the informant, and he's working for Russian as a contact with Russian intelligence to spew lies that they knew or should have had real big questions about, but kept you know, kept repeating it as truth and fact. And now they just say, well, you know, the, it hasn't changed the facts when the facts they claim are facts are lies. So it, it, none of this, I mean, look, this is a party that's been pushing the big lie now. Uh, you know, Donald Trump's still the duly elected president. And there were big, 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 big problems in the 2020 election, friends, if you buy any of them. <laughs> right. All right, Joe, we got time for one more thing. Any pieces of data or polling you found interesting this week? Not a specific poll, but you got to check out Greg Sargent's new podcast, The Daily Blast. He had Tom Swazi's pollster on, and they got into some really interesting takeaways that I think everybody should listen to, especially that even though Joe Biden's approval was barely 40% in New York 3, Swazi won a sizable amount of Republicans almost 50 and almost 50% of independents. Um, a- abortion and immigration were winning arguments, which, yeah, we, uh, as we know. We know. Yeah. But, we, but seeing how many GOP voters flip because of those issues is a really clear path for us to take the House later this year. And by the way, you know, Alabama now, you know, oh, ban- yeah. saying that. The frozen embryos are and stopping families IVF, from being able yeah. to have children. Yeah, IVF from having children. I mean, be, from being able to, ha- you know, they're having trouble, uh, uh, and they want a child, and they're and they've now, you know, effectively that's all shut down. That can't. I mean, with what we saw in New York three, and and how we know the abortion issue has played since Dobbs. This ruling, I mean, by the Alabama Supreme Court, it, it again, it just shows the extreme and the, the, the not just the extremism of, uh, of the MAGA movement, but, but also what happens when they feel like they've got power. I mean, this, hey, we can push this stuff through and we can, in other words, the, the election mattered. Trump won. He appointed judges. Alabama is a one party state. They appoint conservative, crazy, you know, crazy, right, uh, in terms of how extreme they are, judges. And what happens? We're not talking about just, you know, a six-week ban or any of that stuff. We're, you know, there will be, they will try to do the national ban. That's going to be a problem, I think, in November. But now, they don't even want, they're banning I think just you look at the numbers on this that I've seen since, you know, since that ruling, I mean, a large share of pro-life Republicans believe that, you know, that there shouldn't be a ban. You shouldn't create this ban. What will eventually, you know, I mean, because already the biggest hospital, I think, in Alabama said they're not going to do IDF because they can't risk what will happen to their doctors. Uh, or their patients in terms of the law, law. So that is like just again, you know, just another grade of real, you know, another step further, really cruelty um, and not getting 
where the American public is, even where their own pro-life stalwarts are. It doesn't make sense. They're going to pay a, a penalty for that. The last, the other thing, though, and I think which, if you can find it, Arnon Minshkin, who's a uh, runs the decision desk uh, at Fox News, and let me tell you, folks, I've been on the decision desk at NBC, CBS, Fox, and CNN, and you, all you can think all you want about uh, about the network uh, at Fox, but. Their decision desk is by far, that Arnon runs, is by far the, the best in the business. And again, you remember the whole blow up when they actually called Arizona uh, for Biden. So, I mean, to give you, and a lot of them went out the window when that happened. But Arnon wrote a piece that if we can dig it up, I think put it in the show notes. But I want to, I can at least get into what he said in it, because some of you won't want to go to that site and I get that. Uh, so I read it uh, so that you wouldn't have to go there. Uh, and in it, it's really interesting. He posits that everybody's reading these polls wrong, which is something Alex and I have talked about, uh, Simon's talked about, that every everything that is being interpreted by the press and pollsters and pundits out there is wrong about how you should look at the numbers, that he consistently sees Trump kind of locked in the 45, 46, maybe 47 percent, and that Biden's bumping all over the place. And he posits that there's a reason for that, that yes, uh, Trump is getting that, that mid-40 number, but that 53 percent of Americans have, have no intention of voting for Trump. None. They are dead set against voting for Trump. That other you give him 47, that other 53 isn't going to vote for him, will not vote for him. And the reason Biden's numbers bump up and down is because that's his pool. His pool, his entire pool available to him is that 53%. And so, you, you know, are people concerned about his age? Yes. Are you know, all these things, the, the economy, you know, uh, no matter how, whether it doesn't matter that it's great if they aren't feeling it, all those things do matter. And so when, you know, push comes to shove, uh, it's why we've talked about, look, if this is a, a head-to-head race between Trump and Biden, Biden does, that's how he got the 51% over Trump's 46.7 in 2020. And therefore, when push comes to, to shove, as much as those people, they're sure they're not voting for Trump. They don't. Some of them, yes. A lot of them don't, can't think, you know, right now can't, can't really fathom the idea of voting for Joe Biden. But in 2020, they did. In 2022, they were the people who stayed on against MAGA and stopped the red wave by enough of them deciding to do that. And so therefore... When you look at at this positive, you know, sort of this the, the way he sees the race, it's very similar to the way I see it, and that therefore it's the third parties, because the pool, as long as that pool of fifty three percent is available to Biden, and 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 he's not, you know, there's no way, there's no Robert Kennedy pulling Kennedy's snap nostalgia. RFK Jr., I mean, or 
Cornell West or Jill Stein pulling voters away, then that whole pool of 53 is available to Biden. Many will be voting for Biden. A lot of them will be voting against Trump. But 53% of the country doesn't want to vote for Trump. And that's why it's it's a, a, a real, the Biden campaign has to run its effort. And people need to start to understand that any support for a third party is just a vote for Donald Trump. It, third parties equal Trump. That's what something that Alex and I have been working on with others at uh, Citizens to Save Our Republic. But it's interesting. That's a that that piece by Arnon Mishkin uh, at Fox News is, is really interesting. It it really kind of uh, particularly from him, who I respect so much um, for how he reads polls. It made a lot of sense to me and connected a lot of the dots that I've been trying to talk about in past uh, podcasts on the subject. Joe, I think that's a great place to end. Thanks, Alex. And thanks, everyone, for listening to That Trippy Show. This podcast is free because of support from our advertisers, and it's part of the Resolute Square. So check out the latest at ResoluteSquare.com slash trippy. Please subscribe to That Trippy Show. Leave a review on Apple or wherever you listen. You can always send us a question to thattrippyshow at gmail.com or leave us a question in the review on iTunes. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening.